Hello. I'm Julian. I'm Gumshoe Tom. We are Team Binge. We are here to talk about The After Party Season 2, Episode 5, which was labeled Sebastian. Now, we learn a lot about Sebastian in this episode, Tom, and, and you do. and I had theories about Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Now, Sebastian's his British name. What is his American name? Is, is he like Seabass? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy that shows up in the stall at 5.30 every Thursday. I don't remember exactly what time Seabass shows up. But obviously, what movie genre were they doing in this one? And I'm asking you not because I didn't know, but because I'm a good host. And I'm trying to... Actually, there was a part where I'm like, I think I know what movies they're doing. But I had a debate in my mind. So I'm interested to hear what genre and theme you felt ran through this episode. I mean, his My Movies was certainly heist-related. Uh, I think he even says as much. But I, I don't know if I picked up on any other specific heist movies outside of, like, Ocean's Eleven, when they do, like, those jump cuts and then kind of, like, I don't know, that, like, Rat Pack-style fun music or whatever in the background as he's, like, planning out all the little steps. But did you catch any specific other movies from, from the My Movie? So I thought it was an Ocean's. Uh, my reference point is Ocean's 8. I haven't seen oh, any me. of okay. the any of the sequels. I've only seen the original. Okay. Um, I think the thing that occurred to me is since he's British, doing a British accent, there's like Lockstock and Snatch, and those are mm. kind of like crew. Uh, they typically have to do with some sort of a robbery or something that's being stolen. But I, I okay. guess it's I guess Oceans is probably a closer one. There was just a moment there where I was like, do I have the right genre? Which just lets you know, I wasn't really paying attention to the episode. I was trying <laughs> to think about other uh, shows that I could be watching as opposed mm-hmm. to this one. We right appreciate now. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I hung in there. I watched all of Seabass episode five <laughs> and very happy I did. I, I did enjoy this episode. I like this genre of film and I thought they did this. Uh, this was This was quite fun. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is probably my favorite episode of the the season so far. Oh, really? Like, okay. Yeah, I just, yeah, I think the genre is is just hits me very well, and I think it was just fun introducing the new characters. Obviously, a fantastic cameo that we got, and hearing him like go in and out of his British accent and what I would call his horrible American accent. Sure, that's uh, fair. Was a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely was like he's. British in real life. There's no way uh-huh. that's an American, uh, a real American accent, but it was fun to have him do it. Do you know Jack Whitehall? Do you know him from anything else? I know we talked about it earlier in the pod, uh, but no, he's one of those guys that like I see and I'm like, oh, he's probably from other stuff I've seen, but he doesn't like jump out at me. He did like a travel show where he goes on the road with his dad. And I know there were times where, like, on Netflix where you hover over it long enough, you listen to, like, the 30-second <laughs> clip. And mm-hmm. there were a couple of times where I considered it, but then I didn't push the button. And then I kept just kind of scrolling through Netflix for the next three hours and then went to bed because <laughs> there was no time to watch anything. Yeah, that's as most, is tradition. That's most weekend nights. All right, so this episode, they start with everyone in the living room. It's too quiet. Grace starts screaming, and then accusations start to fly. And all I could think about was, once again, why are there no police? Why are we just hanging out in the living room? I I know the show is predicated on we're trying to solve it ourselves, but it really feels like the real police should be here by now. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I would imagine this body is pretty cold at this point. The way this show goes... If you had told me this is five days since the murder, I'd be like, yeah, I believe it. But we're obviously reliving everyone's day over and over Mm -hmm. again. But I don't know. We're five weeks into this. And I was like, oh, they've been sitting on this body for a week. They're all going to jail. I'm pretty (laughs) sure you can't just sit on a murdered body this long. The funny bit here is when they're talking about the devil's trumpet and the Funkle starts to recall where he's heard it before. And the uh, Isabel's like, we get it. You travel. That was one of (laughs) that line delivery was just great. I thought it was interesting, too, when they talked about or Ulysses brings up the concept of having this in small doses and how it induces visions. Because I want to say from earlier mind movies, we got Edgar almost kind of hallucinating or a little bit. So I don't know, like it almost made me think maybe he did get a small dose and there is more to his murder than just this. But I mean, we've got the clock in terms of when he died was 30 minutes after this. So it was just odd that Ulysses specifically brought this up as a small dose kind of deal. So you're thinking the implication is maybe he had it in him, but not enough to kill him. He was murdered some other way. 
Yeah, that's my thought. Okay. Well, I hope there's an episode where they do like a house MD type theme one and they do an <laughs> autopsy on the body and all of these amateurs then go to jail for mutilating a corpse. I think that uh, would be fun. Now I'm now that I've said it out loud, it's actually super dark and we're a podcast <laughs> for kids, Tom. So we may have to cut that. But Listen, it's sarcoidosis. Move on. Sarcoidosis. Oh, man. How good was House as a show? Uh, all right. Good recall, Tom. It's always sarcoidosis. Uh, but it's never actually sarcoidosis. It's always recommend. Anyways, let's, that's our other podcast. Uh, house in the House with Julian and Tom. Devil's Trumpet. I, did you catch this? As soon as it's mentioned, both Grace's parents start talking. And I guess mm-hmm. the... The callback then is later on where we see she's hoarding the centerpieces. Is that the only thing that's being discussed there is, oh, now we have all of the evidence in our room. We seem to have gathered it. Yeah, that's certainly an assumption. I like that they finally gave us some sort of like mystery behind Vivian and Jang a little bit because right. we really haven't gotten much. So I, we'll get to it later on. But, you know, there's I like what they're doing a little bit more with these characters. And it almost made me like think, OK, well, if they're laying it kind of heavy or, or they're having these characters be a little bit more suspicious this late in the season, maybe it is not Jang, because that's still still my number one, but we'll see. I was a little bit afraid that Vivian was just going to be, like, not get any time. But from mm-hmm. some things that happened in this episode, I do think that we will get more Vivian, which I'm excited about, because from the top, I said she was the murderer, and I think she shall be. I think mm-hmm. she was, is, and forever be the murderer of this show. <laughs> This is where we approach Sebastian, and he's uh, talking on the phone, talking like all <laughs> businessmen do. I, I mean, I'm a businessman, Tom. You're a businessman. We've all said some of the lines that Sebastian says on the phone during this episode. Uh, the floor is yours, sir. I'm in a knife fight here, Charles, and I'm holding a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Now in a British accent, Tom. No, I'm in a knife fight here, Charles, and now I'm holding a sausage. <laughs> Maybe Australian. It, should it be banger? Is it, is it a sausage or banger? I'm pretty sure. Well, so this is, and I'll just kind of, I guess what we're making fun of his voice or, or accent, if you will. This is what kind of made me think that his accent was fake from the jump because I think he like said crikey or he seemed to like mix up different like euphemisms or, or verbiage from these countries. So it kind of made me think like maybe there is more to this. So I'd love that the reveal ultimately is that he's been faking this British accent to be able to be a successful businessman. Right. Now you called this, right? You called that he would be uh, yeah. an American? Mm-hmm. Okay. In my mind, I woke up in the middle of the night, uh, like two nights ago, and I was like, I called that, didn't I? But uh, <laughs> it was you that called it, and I was just we taking credit it, buddy. in my REM we sleep. We called it. We, okay. Yes, man. Uh, you're going to become more than just a guest host here soon, Tom, if you're, yes. you're going to be generous like that. I do like his line. He's like, oh, you're coming to interview me? I think I'll talk to the real police when they get mm-hmm. here. Mm, but then it's proven that his arse was sacked. Are we allowed to say arse? I think that's sure. allowed because it's a swear yeah, yeah. word in a different uh, country, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. We do get a quick cut, I think, as they're going back into the house to do the interview of Anik and kind of Zoe, which we've kind of talked about. Their relationship is kind of like Rocky here. But I think it's interesting one of the lines that Zoe says about like Isabel. She's saying, oh, it's got to be Isabel. It's the whoever smelt it, dealt it situation. But I would argue that, you know, Zoe's been doing quite a bit of sniffing throughout this uh, series so far. So I'm wondering if that maybe is turning around on her a little bit. Like she's kind of accusing everybody and maybe... Maybe she is. I think she's my dark horse as a potential murderer. You don't think it's just a cocaine thing that she's been sniffing around all that Listen, much? Listen, I know I know all about that, and that's not what the situation is. I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to bring it up. I know it <laughs> triggers you. It's okay. So we find out that, I think we find out in the last episode, but it's proven here that he his resignation was asked for. And mm-hmm. that he then goes into his mind movie, which is a, starts with a flashback of him where he's a kid. And during this speech, he drops the, well, he doesn't drop the British accent because the British <laughs> accent's real. He uh, gains a American accent mm-hmm. so that he can explain he's from a trailer park in San Bernardino. Now, ooh, he says trailer park in San Bernardino, like we're supposed to think that's a bad part of, of like L.A. or California. 
I bet it's perfectly nice. I don't know much about the area, but I, uh, you know, if you were to tell me you're from San Bernardino, I'd be like, oh, fancy. Look at this guy. <laughs> Must have gone to school somewhere past 12th grade. Yeah, Anyways. I guess this is not where old money's from. That's fair. That's fair. I'll, mm, I should have looked up San Bernardino because uh, <laughs> I've got some questions. Anyways. <laughs> all right. So we jump into his mind movie as we talked about. It's a heist movie, whichever type of heist movie you want to think of it as uh, Heat, Ocean's 8, uh, Ocean's 13, the best Ocean's movie, uh, <laughs> and then Blue Crush, really the best Ocean movie ever made. But no, they, that's Deep Blue Sea, buddy. Oh, <laughs> Oh, oh, funny story. Spouse had not seen Deep Blue Sea. We watched it uh, like a week ago. Just incredible. Everything about that. Thomas Jane is in it, and Mm. he's doing great work. Samuel L. Jackson, rest in peace, doing great work. Oh, Cool J's best. Oh, man. LL Cool J and his bird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. So good. Anyways, that's our Deep Blue Sea podcast. Focus, Julian. You can join us. Let's go to boarding school, Tom. You went to boarding yeah. school. How how realistic was this boarding school, considering you went to boarding school in Phoenix, Arizona? You went to a British boarding school oh, in Phoenix, Arizona. How was that? Yeah, I, I went in Oxford, and I had to pretend that I was a, an American kid. Nice. These boarding schools are always kind of funny because it's just, I mean, what we think a boarding school is. I don't know exactly if this makes any sense, but I do appreciate the kid actor that is playing Edgar. I felt like he had his mannerisms and like look was just on point. Oh, yeah. He nailed it. Very much nailed it. I, You know, if this was a Linklater film and they filmed this 20 years ago and it was uh, Zach Woods, wouldn't be surprised. We do get the enter of the turder card turd turd turdler card what is it turder card i think it's turned turnder but the end is messed up so it says turder card and again i would just like to like call out i love how i kind of caught this i didn't i didn't think it'd be this prominent but i remember when they did show that thing in the safe and you can see this card in the background it made me think that this was going to come into play and then of course when it does and you realize how uh, Sebastian ultimately loses this card. I'm like, okay, well, this is the storyline. Like, I knew from this point that he's not going to try to steal the cryptocurrency. He's going back to get this card. Nice, nice. That's just a good heist movie, you know? They're mm-hmm. letting you know what the stakes are up front. And we have the meet-cute between Edgar and Sebastian, which turns into a competition for the Turdler card. <laughs> Did you look at the picture of the baseball player on the card? Yeah, again, I'm assuming it's like a production assistant, writer, somebody. I don't know. It's like too perfect to not be somebody. Oh, I thought it was Zach Woods in like a mustache and hat. <laughs> no, but, no, it's definitely not. Okay, it's not him. Well, I got the naked guy <laughs> running wrong too. So I'm <laughs> apparently a terrible eyewitness when it comes to when it comes to crimes. <laughs> Anyways, they play uh, Connect Four. <laughs> the poor kids chess. The poor kids chess. <laughs> I've never played Connect Four joyfully in my life. I've only played it uh, begrudgingly. So, mm, poor guy. <laughs> it's okay. We cut to the present where Sebastian is explaining them teaming up, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Edgar was the brains, and I'm the face, the butt, and the <laughs> abs." And Danner's like, "Yeah, you are." <laughs> I, I thought Danner was great interacting with Sebastian. It was it, very it funny. did her so good here, and I like her explanation at the end with Anique saying like. I'm push or like I'm leading him on here. Like he wants to feel like I'm being charmed, so I'm giving that to him for him to open up even more. So I love that we get more of Detective Danner being a very good detective. Sure, sure. And he's like, we went on to the next uh, trickery, I don't know, whatever it is, a hedge fund. And <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Yeah, built from the ground up with nothing but a $2.4 million loan from Edgar's dad. <laughs> Uh, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and that $2.4 million loan that I spent on shoelaces. Anyways, we find out, obviously, Edgar fires Sebastian. The reason I thought was interesting, Edgar was, I'm sorry, Sebastian was trying to be a little bit responsible here and hold back some of their capital. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Sebastian's like, you should have listened to me and put it all in. But isn't this through the companies that Edgar owns? So 
I didn't really, if you think about the, the Travis's theory that this whole crypto is backed by, you know, essentially Edgar and his company, then shouldn't Edgar know that all their money shouldn't go into something that he's propping up? Does that make sense? Am I, am I talking nonsense? I'm sure it does make sense, but I mean, this guy as rich as he is, it probably doesn't matter. And this was like a side venture and they wanted to put it all in. And I mean, I think at this point, Edgar's just kind of looking for an excuse to potentially get rid of him. And it's interesting how like ruthless. And I think even Sebastian says as much Edgar is in these scenes. And we know this is Edgar's mind movie. So Sebastian's mind movie. Or excuse me, Sebastian. So you don't know if this is, is Edgar really this ruthless or is he just kind of laying it on a little bit? I would let's argue that. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. What I, do you I think? would think he probably is, right? Because the way Anik had set him up, it was like, oh yeah, he was a really nice guy. We were telling jokes, but that was because we kind of established here, he didn't need anything from Anik. I, I would, I, and I like the also the idea of the character being something completely different from what we were shown. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Do you think Grace falls for someone that, that that's that ruthless? Well, I mean, I don't think Grace is dealing with him in like the business sense, right? Like okay. their relationship was just kind of weird and quirky and all that. They're not necessarily a match made in heaven kind of deal. And it seems like whenever Edgar was doing his business stuff, uh, Grace was always off with Hannah. So it doesn't necessarily surprise me. And and maybe that's why Hannah stuck around, or should be Grace stuck around for as long as she did. It wasn't because of Edgar. It was because of Hannah. Sure. Sure. You wouldn't call them like a Julian and Tom match, you know? You would call them maybe like a Jack and Diane type. Uh, mm, type. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry, Sam and Diane. Dang it! <laughs> oh! You'll never get that right. Oh, I'll never get it right. Good try. I appreciate the effort. I have written here, Tom, the centerpieces, exclamation mark, which I <laughs> felt like I was triumphant because they talked about the centerpieces and... There's a poisonous plant, and I wanted to give myself credit, but really they telegraphed this pretty hard. So (laughs) this is like, you know, when your kid does something they're supposed to do and you, like, congratulate them. This is a participation trophy that I'm accepting for the Senate. Hey, Julian, congratulations. This was a good good call-out. Well done. I'm proud of you. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) I feel so good. Speaking of dads, Grace's parents are trying to get rid of the centerpieces, and this is where they are caught red-handed. Isabel's kind of spying on him in the hallway, so creeping. We're in the mind movie, and Tom, this brought me so much joy. So much joy. And honestly, I didn't like how they did this, because I thought he was going to be part of the crew. But who (laughs) is revealed to us to be at this I don't know, minimum max max security facility where his other crew members are. Who's revealed, Tom? Just It's just... our boy Jasper. <laughs> these bars, keeping these bars. Oh, <laughs> these bars can't so hold great. these bars. It's so good. They had him for what, like 15 minutes one day? And they were like, hey, we're <laughs> going to film this scene with you. I wanted him to be part of the crew. I really did. I don't know why I thought it would be possible. He murdered someone, so <laughs> he's going to jail for a long time. But uh, I was just I so like excited. All the little lines that he has, I would imagine they maybe wrote like one or two lines for Ben Schwartz and everything else in the sequence is probably just him ad-libbing and going for it. He talks about like how great the prison shower acoustics are. Um, and how he's like, you should go to prison again for murdering the song that he's been writing or album. It's all just so, so great. I think at the very end, as it's like cutting away and he's like off screen, you get that like ADR in the background of him saying like, so when am I getting out of prison? This is taking a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so good. I did have a thought. I wonder if I wonder if records are cut from prison. I wonder if that's a... Uh... If that's a, an industry out there that I might be able to get a hold of some of Yasser's music while he's mm-hmm. on the inside. but It's possible. The um, waiter and the DJ, we find out, are part of the crew. And these are his, uh, they're brothers. And Jackson is his cousin. And also Judson is his cousin. Uh, <laughs> the waiter and the DJ. And this made more sense because we had that scene with this waiter where he went mm-hmm. way over the top in like, <laughs> I don't know, episode one or two. And I was like, I don't care for that guy. I still don't care for him. He's like he's like a weird version of Zach Galifianakis. Um, <laughs> but I really enjoy the DJ. I, I think the DJ guy is funny. I, I'm trying to remember uh, what uh, what he's from, but mm-hmm. I, I, I did find him very, very funny. Yeah, he's a that guy actor. But I do like how these 
kind of character we've seen with the DJ and the waiter did kind of become a bigger part of the story. But then ultimately, this is where it jumps into what I kind of felt was that Ocean Eleven's montage showing like how they're going to crack this safe, getting past the keypad, the retinal scan, which I love is uh, Roxana and not Edgar, and then the horsey box. The horsey box. There's nothing like grown-ups saying the term horsey box. <laughs> we get paid to say it. <sighs> That's Yes, we, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Sebastian spies Vivian talking to Edgar in the hallway. What'd you think of this, Tom? I don't know what to make of this, and I think we're not supposed to know, but it's Edgar saying, like, hey, I'm going to tell. Vivian's like, hey, no, there's more to this than you understand. So, again, love the mystery that we're adding in here and getting a little bit more for those other characters to kind of play with a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I liked uh, – and, again, Edgar seemed very, like, brutal, right? Right. In the way he was handling the, the conversation. Yep, I agree. In this mind movie, Edgar comes off like a jerk. Mm-hmm. All the other ones, perfectly charming. You know, your affable Abraham Lincoln uh, reenactor, but not in this one. Sebastian ends up meeting Travis inside of the office as he's going to do the heist, and Travis is wearing gloves. Mm, he was wearing gloves and yeah who's kind of being his travis self but i like the dialogue how it tweaked a little bit from travis's version of the mind movie but ultimately the scene is where we get sebastian dropping that little camera pen yes which is very important uh tom is someone who loves to carry around a, a camera pen actually i know you have one in my office i know it's in here somewhere no it's uh i i do not put cameras in pens i put them in teddy bears no oh, okay Okay. Oh, that's why you gave me that teddy bear for my 45th birthday. That was yeah. a little bit you strange. you have on your mantle? Uh, but uh, anyways, yeah. <laughs> then I, I moved all my family photos. I was like, well, <laughs> these are going away. I'm putting this teddy bear from Tom. Happy 45th, Julian. It's a Tommy uh, bear. Thank you. Good good work. Yeah, <laughs> way to blast me. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, one of our great presidents, and give him your name instead. This is all on uh, the Tommy Cam uh, on Tom's website. You can watch me complain about this. <laughs> Anyways, this is where the horse's name comes into play because there's a horsey box. The horsey box has a code. Uh, we need the horse's name. And I believe you ta- you've talked about horses a couple of times. You've talked about horses like listed in the... The wedding um, like brochure, that's not what it's yeah, called. The they wedding have the... menu, I don't know. I've, ne- I've never been to a wedding, website. Tom. <laughs> okay, that's what it is. A website. Never been to a website. Yeah, the wedding website, I think they have like a things to do section. One of them talks about going to the stables and playing with the horses. But they don't mention the name of this horse that we ultimately get as Nutmeg. I think they mention Patches and how it's like allergic to carrots or something. But yeah, that, I assumed the password was Patches when I first heard this. But no, it's, it's Nutmeg. Okay, okay, so that was a red herring horse that mm-hmm. I thought related, but does not. He's got to go figure out what the horse's name is, so he's going to do a honey pot, which <laughs> I don't know if I like that term. Kind of makes me feel sticky and like a poo bear, but uh, he visits Hannah. I loved this interaction. She's like, not interested. Okay, quickly leaves. <laughs> big gulps, uh, I think <laughs> Man, his, his, his silk jammies that he's in, just super dope. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love them. And then he visits Isabel, and uh, this was a funny interaction. Yeah, and she was like receptive of it, which seemed kind of odd, because I would imagine she's kind of like a pseudo-mother to this, this guy. Um, but she comes in hot with this katana that she rips out and then threatens to uh, attack him. Bold, bold, there, bold play. There were episodes, I'm sorry, there were elements of this version that I found found odd and cartoony to the point mm-hmm. where uh, i mean in the last season the one that was way over the top and untruthful he was the murderer so i don't know her pulling out a katana i, I thought was very strange <laughs> yeah um, and whether or not it actually happened i did appreciate his like i'm very intrigued with the smell of garlic and white wine that is wafting <laughs> off you and the yeah. actress that plays isabel does this like I don't know. She gives this very funny look when he says mm-hmm. it. And then uh, he runs naked. And I thought this was Edgar in the other one. But it was Sebastian running. 
Tanline is what sold it for me. He had like that like speedo thongish sort of tan line, which I think Isabel even later mentions. Like, hey, I threw the uh, your pajamas out the window, but I'm keeping the underwear. Keeping the underwear. <laughs> All right. So the mystery of the naked man we've solved. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is then where Isabel. We cut to the present. Isabel is accusing uh, Grace and Zoe's parents. And her reasoning, the family starts to laugh at because she has all the centerpieces and it's not because she's like hiding evidence or doing anything like that. It's just because she's she's cheap. Yeah, I don't know if I understood this. Like I'm a cheap person by nature, like the whole like frugality or whatever, but I, I don't understand why she's taking the sweet and lows if she doesn't even use them or like them. Like that's not you being cheap. That's just you being like... Uh, kleptomaniac right like i I don't understand really the connection of what's going on here nope hard disagree here sir hard disagree here you've never gone someplace that has like all the creamers out or the well you don't drink coffee tom so you would never she's not using it i I understand her stealing it it now but she's gonna put it in her house and someone's gonna come over and they're gonna be like oh i take my tea with sweetener do you have any and she's gonna be like oh i've got a drawer full of it uh, Tom, you don't have a drawer in your house that's full of sauces from, I don't know, the tea bell from Raisin Cane's? No, you deliver those to me. Uh, you keep them and deliver them to me. So I do have a Taco Bell uh, sauce drawer, so yeah, yeah, you caught me. Yeah, see, this is it's kind of the same thing. She's asking for extra tea bell sauce so okay. that she uh, can then have it in a drawer, and it's going to sit there for four years, and then one day she's going to be like, I should probably clean this out because it's pretty gross. I should probably give this to my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Or there's like eight uh, Chick-fil-A ranch things containers in there. And (laughs) Lord knows ranch should be be, uh, refrigerated. But because it comes in that funny little container, we're all like, oh, that'll last for several years. (laughs) And then the glue on the lid thing starts to come apart. And then that does open. And when you go to use it, it's just like a hard... I don't know, styrofoam inside. So when you dip your nuggets in there, it doesn't taste very good. Anyways, this is, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure I've talked about it before, but as the guy who orders water at a restaurant, puts sweet and low in it and steals a wedge of lemon and makes his own lemonade, I didn't find this all that strange. (laughs) Wow. So. Talk about frugality. Yeah. Well, I thought, I grew up in the Depression time. I told you I'm 45. Uh, (laughs) The, I'm assuming she's going to use the centerpieces somewhere else. Maybe out there. I don't know what their food trucks. They're going to decorate the. I don't know. It, she's she's collecting them for something. The joke here is that she's cheap. Uh, so all is forgiven, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess I just didn't really see the line that they were trying to draw. Like, oh, it's funny she has all these centerpieces because she stole sweet and low. Like, I don't know if that correlates for me. Okay. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure I laid it out pretty well about 30 (laughs) seconds ago. So if you're still not getting it, I can't help you. But allow me to talk about some other cheap things that I do, Tom. Did you know that the soles of your shoes, when the shoes get too old, you can peel them off and staple them to the bottom of your new shoe soles. And then you can continue to use the soles of those shoes. Did you know that? staple them are you stepping now on staples that doesn't seem safe no because it's a double thick sole so the staples are just going into the new sole well but you Um, need double thick staples for that where are you getting your staples who's your staple guy listen look into the camera i'm showing them to you through the bear right now Uh, Um, oh okay okay you You got those from ace hardware okay that's from paul's ace anyways uh (laughs) the devil's trumpet is missing and Someone makes some declarative statement here where they're like, we all had access to it during the rehearsal. Um, Yeah, guess who does? Zoe. Zoe. Okay. Mm. I feel like you're really, I mean, you're really turning on the Z-Bear here uh, on this episode. (laughs) I don't know. Like, again, I feel she's been the one that she's kind of running her own investigation. She's moving bodies. She's kind of doing her own thing here. I want to maybe think that she knows... I don't know. There's something we don't know about her and her mind movie. Okay. Well, we, we haven't gotten her mind movie, right? No. No, we got Grace's. We got Grace's. We have not yeah, gotten yeah. Zoe's. Do you think we're going to get Zoe's? Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. I think when I've looked at the episode list or like look at the opening credits, I don't think there's anything that's specific to Zoe. But we'll see. 
I'm very excited for uh, Ulysses Fun Uncle's uh, mind movie. That one mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very excited for. Then we're back in the mind movie, and this is where Edgar sends Sebastian away because he wants a neek to tie his bow tie. But <laughs> we know we're okay because the pen camera's there, taking all of the pictures of the safe and the horsey box. Oh, I'm so... <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <sighs> horsey box is in the same category as timey wimey. I'm just mm. I'm against the use of them, uh, and I believe this is where Sebastian realizes or finds out the name of the horse was Nutmeg. Yeah, and she he eventually gets it when he walks down the aisle with Isabel, and it's weird that like Isabel just kind of I don't know what her reasoning was at this specific moment to kind of confess what this is, and I don't know if Isabel is knowledgeable that this is his son's password for his safe. So I'm wondering if maybe she did it like on purpose as a means to get him into the safe. I don't I don't know. Well, we do see some times where Sebastian and Isabel are like having private conversations. So I wonder mm-hmm. if Isabel is more involved in this than this mind. Like he's trying to kind of throw us off of the Isabel track with some of the things that he's he's doing i don't know yeah. yeah no that makes sense right because the very beginning they were kind of like huddled together or whatever but in this they're really they don't seem to have much of a relationship no she's retelling she's waving katanas at him in his <laughs> in his robe and slippies doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah so this is now where we find out why sebastian like pushed for a first date because he needs mm-hmm. i don't know four minutes and 35 seconds whatever it is <laughs> whatever these heist movies do where they give you a time that doesn't mm-hmm. matter it's like <laughs> in fast and furious the time it takes them to drive down the runway you know that plane flew eight miles <laughs> yeah. yeah anyways time doesn't mean anything in shows i don't know why they do this to us but I'm sure in this show they actually went four minutes and 35 seconds because that's the level of detail. But um, I'd like to hold all of Hollywood accountable right here and right now for the timing of things shown on watches. Anyways, I'm back to it, Tom. Sorry. (laughs) He steals. He's got to steal Roxanna because the stupid safe has a dumb (laughs) retinal scan for a dumb lizard. And I was just like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I don't know much about lizards. But I'm pretty sure if you shine laser beams into their eyes that they probably don't work well. Uh, Listen, what's the what's the average lifespan of a lizard? Because he had this when he was in boarding school, right? So is this the same lizard? Does he just always have a lizard? Tom, you know that goldfish you had for 20 years when you were a kid? It's because your parents were swapping it out every time it died. <laughs> so I'm sure we're on like Roxana 7. But yeah, no, I, I don't replacing know. Isabel's replacing it? Yes, Isabel's replacing it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it's a good point because Roxana has been around for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the DJ has to give a speech in order to buy time. This, <laughs> I don't think I wrote any of it down, but it was great. He's like, I'm on my fourth marriage. Marriage is beautiful. Just everything he said here was 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 perfect. And he gets to a part where he's talking about his divorce and one of his ex-wives is trying to take his sea do And there's a great moment where... I think it's Edgar is like, well, that's maritime law. That was just <laughs> yeah. so funny. It's like, yes, per divorce law, you doesn't cover watercraft, which is good. I don't know why the idea of maritime law is so funny to me. They have a maritime law joke in Arrested Development about Cherith Cute Story being a pirate lawyer. But, yep. man, tickles, tickles my funny bone when anyone talks <laughs> about mar- maritime law. The waiter does hit Travis, Tom, which... Mm. Uh, the opposite of boom. We thought he just tripped and made it up, but he was beat over the head with a metal tray, right? Yeah, he was. So, yeah, wasn't a metal pipe, I think, like in his story. It wasn't as dramatic, but yeah, he got knocked out. So I, I apologize. It feels like you're not giving him credit even now. You're like, oh, he only got hit with a with a tray. It was just a catering tray. It's okay. not a metal pipe. Next Come on. T- next time I see you, we're going to hit you with a lead pipe and we're going to hit you with a catering tray. And we're going to see <laughs> if one hurts worse than the other once we get back from the hospital. Okay. This is then where we find out this whole heist was not to steal the crypto. He does the thing where his hand hovers over the kryptonite and then moves mm-hmm. past it, and he grabs the baseball card because all of this is for the baseball card. 
I really feel like there's a moment where they pay off the caterer with, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. He like hands him. He's like, <laughs> go be sick today. I'm like, yeah. I don't think you need to do any of this. Just take that money and go buy another one of these cards. But mm-hmm. I guess it's sentimental value. Yes. But he's caught by Edgar. And this is where they reveal what SEC4 means. And this leads to the Connect 4 off of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sebastian Edgar Connect Four scoreboard, and I guess I—I I mean, at first you look at this like, oh, this is kind of silly. Who would keep a scoreboard for games that they play over and over again? But I, with a good friends of ours, play a yours yearly <laughs> yours. Uh, we play a yearly Catan game where we play far too many times per year and keep a running scorecard to be able to find who is the winner and do have a traveling trophy for that board game. So. I understand this obsession with keeping score and playing a game with close friends for an extended period of time. So I just wanted to play my little nerd card right there. Well, I'm glad you brought up those close friends, Tom. There was a time where we had a running card game that we kept a scorecard for uh, multiple years. So I'm glad that Catan takes <laughs> over the the uh, the card game that we played. So It's my current scorecard, excuse me. Sure. Wait. Yeah, that was a real good. That, well, recovery. that plus I'm much better at Catan than I am at that stupid card game that we played, and I'm pretty sure we've lost almost every year. Ten point pitch is not stupid. It's a beautiful game for beautiful <laughs> people. It's the they call it the most beautiful game. Uh, soccer's next <laughs> after it. But if you do notice, like when they ultimately do bring down this Connect Four and they have this dramatic game that they play in the background, you can see the connect four game like in the present when they're doing all the interviews in this like office or in this room so it's kind of cool that they eventually do feature it because there's a lot of theory crafting on like reddit about the connect four game meaning something because i think in each episode like some of the pieces are in different positions so people thought it was like morse code or spelling out something or whatever so my, my thought would be maybe they're just using it as a background prop to draw attention to it to be a feature in this episode but who knows maybe there is some kind of hidden clue throughout the whole series in the uh connect four game itself well they are playing connect four with gold pieces i don't know what the black (laughs) pieces are but it was gold and so i was like oh maybe he's also heisting the gold connect four pieces uh because that's (laughs) a good chunk of change Once again, we see some viciousness from Edgar here, where he takes this beloved card after he wins Connect Four, and he rips 20% off of it. And then the reveal is that Sebastian, Hot Hand Sebastian, they call him, pulled a (laughs) looky-loo and switched the card while he wasn't looking. I did appreciate all of the con names. These shows love to do that. They're like, oh, we need to do a blah, 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 and a blah, 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 and a blah, 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 and, you know, another blah, blah, blah. So uh, <laughs> I couldn't come up with any of the funny names right there. Jimmy, if you could insert and post all the funny names. Job like this, you're looking at at least a fat boy slim, pudding slinger, and the dumbest Lee majors of all time. I, I do appreciate that this show held to those weird con names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's directly from the Ocean series with like Brad's Pitt character. But I like the way that ultimately Sebastian like pitches this kind of con where he's saying like there's always two ways to win how Edgar was doing this to him in the Connect Four game and that he wanted to beat him at his own game. So I thought it was very poetic and very well well written. Yes, yes, it was. Made me want to go play Connect Four with gold pieces, that's for sure, and rip up baseball cards in some nerd's face. Anyways, um, <laughs> What's important next is that there's a moment where Sebastian comes across Ulysses or Funkel doing something to a glass, and it looks like the glass that would be headed Edgar's way because Edgar drinks Mm -hmm. out of those glasses. I love this part where Sebastian's like, listen, I wasn't trying to rob him. I was just trying to take this card back that's mine, rightfully. It's only worth mid-six figures. Yeah, it's basically just sentimental value. (laughs) Oh, so good. So good. And then I did not realize we were going to do this, but next week and where they cut from here is we're going to get a Danner's Mind movie, which I did enjoy mm-hmm. last season's Danner's Mind movie, but I, I was, I'm interested to, to see this. I wonder if they're going to bring back characters from season one for that episode. I mean, I think it's possible. I think we talked in season one that when they did Danner's later in the, the first season, we kind of thought it was you know, kind of slowed down the storyline, right? We were kind of getting closer and closer to the killer and then it just does this Danner bit. 
but the idea of like Danner being kind of the glue that would hold multiple seasons together. I like the idea of getting more of her story. Um, but I think if you look at her like little snippet for the next episode, it's supposed to be like a nineties, like, um, steamy cop movie or something. So I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, like a, like a basic instinct or like perfect murder. (laughs) Oh, incredible. Uh Those movies are so much fun. Oh. But she makes mention that she like lied about why she left the force and about like getting too close to somebody and not being able to see the truth, which again kind of potentially is maybe unique and Zoe, right? He's too close to Zoe, can't see her as the potential suspect, and maybe that's where this will lead us a bit. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Because again, like what they've done in every episode so far this season is they give a line about somebody being a suspect and then that's the next mind movie, right? So Ulysses pouring something in the glass, you would assume that this one would have end with, okay, he's going to be the next mind movie. But I think they're going to, you know, break with that trend, do a Danner one, and then we'll see how that'll kind of be a connecting thread throughout. Sure, sure. We have a quick scene before the end where Hannah and Grace are talking with each other while Hannah's cleaning the pool of, I think, a bunch of dead bees. And <laughs> Hannah has to be like, listen, I, I I told them about us, but I didn't tell them everything. And mm. then Zoe looks on from the, I don't know, not balcony, whatever the, we'll say the porch wraparound. That's what we'll call yeah. it. That's important. Mm-hmm. Architecture is mm-hmm. a thing. So what you, are they trying to throw us back towards Grace and Hannah? I, I, I don't understand what, why. I don't understand this part because we're not going to either of their mind movies. So what did this reveal to you? Yeah, I mean, I think we're just going to get more in present day as opposed to their retelling. We've already gotten their stories. It just might give us more about maybe how uh, Zoe is seeing their relationship and mm. thought it was just a fling, but obviously there's more to it. And I would imagine that's what we're going to figure out is what what they're not telling them will be figured out in the present. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I did enjoy this episode. I, I like Jack Whitehall. I think he, he did a great job. And I great. think purposefully doing a bad American accent is a funny kind of <laughs> bit. And so I did enjoy it. Do like these types of movies. I don't feel like I'm any closer to the truth. I'm going to stick with Vivian uh, at this point. I do, I mean, I like where you're taking the Zoe and character, and I, I think that would be a fun, like, they they really did it. Um, mm-hmm. And then that would open up Anik to go find his true love, which I think is Danner, if I'm being honest. So <laughs> They do have a good rapport. <laughs> Great rapport. There were plenty of times where with Danner dealing with Sebastian and Neek being like, what are you doing? Which I don't know. That was all very funny. And to your point, it is great that they wrap it back around to her being like, he's a charmer. I was being charmed. So he would tell Mm -hmm. us these things, but Mm -hmm. did you find, I mentioned it earlier. I just want to ask it now. Did you find there were some things that happened in this one that were a little over the top that you felt like he was lying or he was fudging on some of the details? I mean, I think he is just as a kind of swarmy kind of character. The fact that he would like carry this, you know, fake accent for all the business. You got to imagine his story is not going to be 100% true and a bit over the top. But I mean, I think from the context of what we've gotten from the other mind movies and the idea of Edgar being a little bit more ruthless, I thought was was kind of cool and probably more more true to life for somebody that grew up in in old money. Sure, sure. Tom, I have something to reveal to you. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, my natural accent is a Nebraska accent, and I've okay, been using this. I've been using this Arizona accent since I was a very young person to throw people off the set. So, yeah, uh, let me switch. Can you, to can ne- you give me some Nebraska? Yeah, yeah. Let's hear I'll it. switch to my Nebraska. I'll switch to my Nebraska a- accent for the outro here. So, okay. here's my Nebraska accent. We appreciate all of you for joining us for this episode, uh, episode five. We are now going to go into Tom's spoiler corner. So if you're not interested in the extra puzzles and those types of things, uh, and maybe some spoilers that Tom finds from those puzzles, I would back out now. Before you back out, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Tom will talk about the social stuff. Uh, If you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that's always helpful. Uh, Tom and I do this for the love of the game, but 
if we could quit our day jobs and I don't know, never have to move furniture again, uh, we would uh, really appreciate it. Tom, what did I miss? I feel like that was more Oklahoma than Nebraska, but I mean, I'll let it slide. Oh no! Uh, follow I'll us. I'll do. I'll do my Oklahoma accent during Tom's spoiler corner. I've got one of those too. Okay. So go ahead, Tom. <laughs> what a tease! Follow us on. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to call it Twitter. I'm not going to call it X. Follow us on Twitter, or Instagram. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we drew the line. It's too weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Binge or Team Binge Podcast. Continue the conversation there. But uh, again, fun, fun show, fun season so far, and. I don't know if I caught specifically the puzzles from this episode, but there were definitely times where they kind of slowed it down. So we'll have to definitely give this a rewatch to see if we can figure out where the the puzzles was in uh, Sebastian's episode. But there it is. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll uh, see you over in Tom's Spoiler Corner. Now we enter Tom's Spoiler Corner. So episode four, Hannah, again, we've got the elimination puzzles and the flower puzzles. The elimination one, I think we had called out um, the calendar in the background. It was a specific type of cipher. And it was actually, this was a really fun one to do and like learn about. So once I kind of figured out that the words that were underlined in it were like play and fair and code. So if you just kind of like understand like play and fair and you look that up on the internet, you can find like YouTube videos for a specific type of cipher that can kind of encrypt a message. And then the fact that it had like the key next to the top of the title, which said Wanderlust, like that was the key to the puzzle. So if you have any interest, I would recommend just kind of give us a try if you got like half an hour, because it is fun to see how, you know, old school ways of being able to decipher messages and stuff. Um, But ultimately what you get from this is not kernel and i think this is one that's kind of silly because i think we know kernel is the dog's name so Hmm. i think this is just telling us it's not the dog that murdered roxana and edgar which i think we probably knew but they got 10 episodes so i don't mind them throwing maybe kind of a silly one sure we're assuming the murderer killed both roxana and edgar i mean that's the assumption but i don't know if we would i'm not 100 percent sold on that because, I mean, that lizard has been uh, struck by laser beams in its brain, I don't know, multiple times a day. So <laughs> it may have just had a growth on its frontal, I don't know, cortex. I don't know anything about lizards. Uh, and, and, and passed away from exposure to gamma yeah. rays. Um, or it could have been the dog. But if we're saying that this clue leads to the murderer being both, then the dog didn't kill Roxana and then flip mm. it into its cage. So nope. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so, and list the other ones, just so we're keeping total. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this episode, not Colonel, we had the original one, was not the snorer, not the skater, and not by suicide. Got it. Uh, so, I don't, again, I've been listening for it and trying to keep an eye, but I don't think we've gotten any reference to snorer or skater, right? So, I don't think there's anybody we can eliminate outside of the dog and Edgar himself. Sure, sure. Hey, the the guy taking video, the, uh, the camera kid, he was not mm-hmm. in this episode at all, correct? No. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Something to note in the corner. If you could put a little posty and tie the string around it for this episode on your board, okay. Tom, I would appreciate it. I'll put a it. pin in it. Mm-hmm. We're good about pins. Um, <laughs> then we jump to the flower puzzle, which again, these are usually some of the harder ones. This one was crazy difficult, but once the, and the internet took a while to figure this one out, like following the Reddit threads, nobody could really figure out how they got to the clue. Apparently somebody just cracked it by randomly guessing on the website because the flower was rose, so a very basic flower. But the question on the website asks you for a follow-up question. It says rose, and then uh, another box pops up. It says, where would you like to, the flowers placed? So you actually had to add shelf onto the puzzle to be huh. able to get to um hannah's like kind of you know pdf puzzle or whatever but the way you got to this was during kind of the montage when hannah is talking about all of her hobbies where it kind of clicks to like archery and magic and anchors or all that stuff as she's going through each of these you can see in the background the shelves like similar shelves that she has like in her yurt and in the first shot you can see a shelf in the background that has armadillos when it's talking about like her love of taxidermy if you look on the shelf itself, there are two armadillos. Um, in the next shot, you see her talking about anchors. And on that shelf, there are five anchors. And then you see the crossbows. There are four crossbows on a shelf. And the typewriters, there are four typewriters. So the number of those 
all correspond to the letter of that specific item on the shelf. So two armadillos, you go A-R, R is the first letter of the word, five anchors, O being the fifth letter in anchors, and then S and E for crossbows and typewriters. Oh, wow. So very tricky and very difficult to get. But once the internet figured it out, it was fun to go back and like pause as it's going through each of these because like most of this stuff, it's a blink and you miss it kind of deal. But ultimately, again, the answer, if you want to go to the website, the flower is rose. And where do you like the uh, these flowers placed? Shelf. And then it will give you Hannah's puzzle, which is called downshifting. I, I tried to do this one. It was too much for me. It was called a drop quote puzzle, which had a bunch of different like idioms on it, like uh, skeletons in the closet or kind of all these like in the whatever. Uh-huh. Um, it was super weird, super challenging. Even reading through how some of the people have kind of solved it, I couldn't really wrap my brain around it. So admittedly, I didn't complete this one myself. But ultimately, the answer to this puzzle seems to be drop in the bucket. So imagining you probably drop the in the, so the answer to our puzzle to add to our other ones is probably just drop bucket. Okay, okay. So that was a lot there. Do you have any yeah. questions? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> what are the other clues that fall from from the flower clue? Give them yes, we've got hoverboard, far. New England, unscramble, and drop bucket. So this does continue to follow that methodology of 10-letter words. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, I, I often wonder if the internet and people like you used all this brain power to try and solve, I don't know, world hunger or something important, whether or not we could do it. But, you know, I'm glad you got Drop Bucket. That's cool. Um, and, and I'm glad we know that it's not the skater or the snorer. So that's uh, that's something as well. It is wild. I mean, again, just hats off to these uh, puzzle guys that create this and really the people on the internet that do a much better job of solving the stuff than I like I'm taking their hints and clues and then trying to do it myself just to kind of have fun with it. But the people that are really catching this thing and watching this show like frame by frame to pick up these things, it's, it's quite bananas. So yes, good on you. And if you're doing this and you're this person on Reddit um, that are finding these things and posting it for everybody else, all the internet points. Yeah. 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 All the internet points to you, Reddit, big fan, big fan. Hopefully they change their name to like Z or well reddit reddit canada would be zed which would be confusing but um yeah no i appreciate the work you're putting into it tom i'm glad you're still having fun with it just you know remember to say hi to your family check in on them every once in a while as you're trying to solve these things Uh, make sure you're you're letting them know you're still alive even though you're reclusively detectiving or sleuthing as you like to call it we're going to step out of Tom's spoiler corner. Tom, you haven't said anything about my Oklahoman accent. Um, so <laughs> I guess I've done it flawlessly. But uh, thanks, all of you that have stuck around. I have been Julian. And I have been Gumshoe Tom. Till next week, everybody. Have a good one.